they misconstrued the relationship and it was really the German company was not the end user, but was a reseller or a distributor in a sense, you could almost say. And therefore, they knew that those goods were going to Iran and were therefore prohibited because they were attributed that to the U.S. operations and the U.S. parent company. Global companies face unprecedented risks and challenges in today's economy. To mitigate these legal and economic risks, companies are rapidly embracing and elevating the importance of robust ethics and compliance programs to promote positive corporate citizenship. On Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, you'll hear from industry leaders and insiders about how to create effective ethics and compliance programs that will mitigate risks and maximize financial performance. Here's your host, Michael Volkov. Well, hello, everyone. Michael Volkov here, and we're going to talk about two OFAC cases, the first involving 3M and then the other involving Immigrant Bank. It's kind of Sad, but 3M has been having a rough couple of weeks. The company recently settled an FCPA case with the SEC for $6.5 million relating to its Chinese subsidiary dealings. And OFAC announced that it had settled recently with uh, 3M for $9.6 million over alleged violations of the Iranian sanctions. Let's take a look first at the 3M case. Then we're going to talk about Emigrant, which was a smaller case, less significant, but nonetheless interesting. Going back to 3M, beginning in November of 2015, 3M's Dubai-based Middle East subsidiary, and that was called 3M Gulf Limited, 3M Gulf, worked on a proposal to manufacture reflective license plate sheeting, RLPS, reflective license plate sheeting for a German company, with the understanding that the German company would export the license plates to Iran. 3M Gulf undertook this business arrangement due to this temporary time period, which if you follow the Iran sanctions, during the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the JCPOA, which permitted certain categories of transactions with Iran. And it was accompanied by and authorized by what was then called OFAC's General License H, which authorized certain business with Iran. This was authorized by U.S. companies that had foreign subsidiaries, and License H only applied to the foreign subsidiaries and could not involve U.S. persons. So 3M issued guidance on the JCPOA and this new General License H, and it noted that the transactions with Iran government authorities and U.S. person involvement were both strictly prohibited. However, it did develop, it did allow, and it did authorize the use of foreign-based subsidiaries and non-U.S. persons to engage in certain activities. After that occurred, the 3M Gulf manager who developed the Iranian license plate deal submitted the proposal to 3M's trade compliance personnel in Minnesota. And the personnel outlined how 3M would supply these license plates to the German company who would use the materials then to produce license plates for sale to transport authorities in Iran. The 3M compliance team regretfully did not pick up on this. Five days after receiving the proposal, they approved it. Now, the decision to approve was based on an incorrect belief that the German company 
which was a third party in this context, was considered the end user for sanctions purposes. And then 3M only screened the German entity, ignoring the Iranian end user. So what happened here was they misconstrued the relationship, and it was really the German company was not the end user, but was a reseller or a distributor in a sense, you could almost say. And therefore, they knew that those goods were going to Iran and were therefore prohibited because they were attributed that to the U.S. operations and the U.S. parent company. So in April of 2016, the German company notified 3M that it would not be producing finished license plates, but would rather be reselling the material directly to a sanctioned entity controlled by Iranian law enforcement officials, BTN. Banyan Tabon, and 3M's trade compliance team was not notified of this change. And if they had been, that would have indicated to them that was the real end user was here, it was in Iran. In the course of setting up this agreement, numerous managers of 3M suggested that trade compliance re-review the deal, but these suggestions were ignored by the deal's proponents. Even worse, a 3M subsidiary received an outside due diligence report flagging the connection to Iranian law enforcement and closed the matter without further investigation. Instead, 3M managers promoting the license plate deal took steps to conceal its true nature in and over to avoid further scrutiny by 3M's trade compliance team. These steps included changing the contracting entity from 3M Gulf to Switzerland-based 3M East in violation of 3M's internal sanctions compliance policies. And then these individuals went along and misrepresented key aspects of the deal in order to push it through, even falsely claiming that it had already been improved by trade compliance. So the deal was approved, and between September 2016 and September 2018, 3ME sent 43 shipments of license plate sheeting to the German intermediary who resold them to BTN. During this time, a U.S. person employed at 3M Gold approved six credit notes relating to the sales, despite knowing that U.S. persons were prohibited from doing business with Iran. OFAC cited sales incentives for this U.S. person that encouraged the Iran business as relevant to its assessment of 3M's culpability. After the JCPO and with it the General License H were rescinded by the Trump administration in late 2018, 3M discovered that the license plate sales had not been authorized. The company took appropriate remedial steps, voluntarily disclosed the violations, terminated or disciplined culpable employees, replaced its trade compliance council, revamped its sanctions compliance training program, and discontinued business with the German reseller. Due to its willful, repeated violations of the sanctions and failure to properly assess the sanctions risk, OFAC determined that 3M's violations of the Iran sanctions were an egregious case, an egregious violation, which is a term of art under the regulations. OFAC further determined that the license plate deal, which 3M knew or should have known, would result in its products being sold to Iranian law enforcement and the impermissible involvement of a U.S. person, amounted to 54 violations of the Iran sanctions program. While OFAC's $9.6 million settlement is nothing to scoff at, 3M got off relatively easy. The statutory maximum civil penalty was $27.5 million, 
And the company avoided the worst case scenario because 3M had an OFAC compliance program in place, even if the employees ignored it. And 3M thoroughly investigated the violations and took considerable remedial measures. And 3M voluntarily disclosed the violations and cooperated. And usually you'll get more than half off just by the voluntary disclosure. You'll probably get half of the statutory maximum as a starting point. Then it can go down from there. But here they got it down from 27.5 million to 9.6 million. So that's the 3M case. Let's go to the Emigrant Bank. Emigrant Bank is a US based financial institution that bills itself as the oldest bank in New York City. And it, on September 21st this year, OFAC announced that Emigrant agreed to pay $31,867 to resolve 30 violations of the Iran sanctions program. The violations all relate to a single CD account that Emigrant maintained for two Iranian residents from 1995 until it closed the account in 2021. In 1995, Emigrant opened an account for two Iranian residents. The account holders made no attempt to conceal their citizenship. They provided a variety of know-your-customer information, KYC, including proof of address and tax forms, all of which stated that they lived in Iran. This is 1995, remember. Emigrant, by mailing documents to the account holders at their Iranian address, demonstrated its actual knowledge of their residency and location. So they maintained this account for 26 years. During the period beginning in 1995 until 2021, Emigrant renewed the CD account every five years, its lackluster sanction screening tools failed to flag the account's Iranian status as problematic for decades. It was not until 2016 when the account holders requested a wire transfer to another U.S. bank that Emigrant became aware of potential sanctions issues related to the account. The transfer triggered Emigrant's sanction screening software, flagging it for review. Now, due to the gaps in its sanction screening software, its poor training, and ineffective internal controls, Immigrant's compliance team approved the wire transfer. That's unusual, and it's really just surprising. After the receiving bank inquired about sender's Iranian address, Immigrant reviewed the transaction again, and again incorrectly concluding and advising the recipient bank that the wire transfer was permissible. Immigrant later changed the account's country code in its customer database to reflect that the account holders were Iranian residents. However, Emigrant's compliance program failed to flank the account for sanctions issues despite the change, so it went on unnoticed. Financial institutions, just as a good regular course, should review high-risk accounts to ensure continued OFAC compliance. Accounts tied to Iran call for the highest level of scrutiny. So in 2019, Emigrant upgraded its screening software, sanctioned screening, and the new program flagged the account as problematic due to the account holder's Iranian residency. However, software is only effective as its operator. Upon review, Emigrant's compliance team overrode the alert, basing their decision on erroneous guidance from the 2016 wire transfer. Now, Emigrant finally recognized the account status in 2021 and took steps to remediate its compliance program shortcomings. First, it restricted and eventually closed the account. Emigrant expanded its sanctions training program and undertook a review of any other accounts belonging to customers in sanctioned jurisdictions. 
The statutory maximum penalty applicable to immigrant was $9.9 million. The fact that immigrants settled this matter for a mere 31000 is a testament to the value of voluntary disclosure. OFAC cited that voluntary disclosure, along with its proactive remediation efforts, as mitigating factors in accepting the settlement amount. So that's a very good result for immigrant from what could have been a much worse resolution in terms of the financial penalty. Okay, well, that's our OFAC review for today. And we'll talk to you next week for another episode of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is by subscribing on your favorite listening platform. To learn more and connect with Michael Volkov, go to volkovlaw.com. 